Feet away over to the start of another wonderful episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna get this Enrique. thing started. And, oh, oh, shut up! Sure. All right, we're gonna get this going. Oh. Captain Ben over here. Oh, we got funny. Tim Murphy. Oh, we got Paul Murphy, and we're gonna go ahead and introduce our special guest of the evening, the one, the only, Will Parsons. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> the beat hits, right? Yeah. Right, 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 right. It was the drop. Yeah. We're waiting for the drop. Oh, okay. It's well, nice. it's been dropped, and now it's time for Will to pick it back up and lead us through with Will. <laughs> 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 I'm good. I'm doing good. I'm just hanging out. Um, yeah, I'm good. Can't complain. So we're going to go and there's a lot of uh, blanks to fill in. And I think the first thing is when at the end of season two, what was your overall take and what did you do to kind of like unwind from that? I, I want to call it what I don't want to ca- uh, call it a chaos. No, it wasn't. A chaos, <laughs> but it's, it's but... a wonderful chaos in a way because it was like so climactic mm-hmm. it was eventful Swimming with dolphins. Eventful. an eventful season Swimming for dolphin he swam with dolphins right right <laughs> he, he um he, he swam with an officer <laughs> right right so officer dan he was he was skinny dipping with officer dan he lost his glasses mm-hmm. right splash zone splash zone yeah yeah so so how did you recover from season two well it's kind of uh, random but when I got home from season two, I actually inherited a motorcycle <laughs> and uh, that consumed a lot of my time and my free time. And I started, so I'm riding a motorcycle around these days. Um, yeah. And it was real like relaxing. And after the season went great, I thought last year and it was a lot of fun, and I thought the battles went well. We just, uh, you know, it's real stressful as a judge no matter what. So I just tried to kind of recover and recuper- recuperate after um, the season end. Um, and that's the motorcycle made that super awesome. So <laughs> I did a lot of that. It's a it's a BMW 1150RT. It's like an old man motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, 1150. 1150 must move. Yeah, it, it gets down. It's got bags and stuff on it. I mean, it's... Yeah. yeah. No, not those kind of bags. <laughs> the other kind of bags. The bags you put stuff in, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, I can see Will. They put airbags oh, on, on the motorcycles. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not. It's a it's an old man bike, but it's definitely super fun. And uh, I helped a lot of guys um, out here in Texas, too, running some local events. Uh, my friend Randall Waters, he does like a little series. It's called the IAS Drift. And so I've been going out there, too, and kind of helping him with that. And that's been a lot of fun too. Just more relaxing. I I drove one of them this year so far. I took my car out and drove, and the other ones I just went and helped. But it's been a lot of fun. Okay, so you got to drift a little bit, ride the motorcycle. How's how was yeah. the car running? Car did great at that event. Um, 
and then the alternator went out and I had to hmm. be flat towed cause I drove it there. Oh wow. <laughs> so that was fun. But, uh, and it's still on the trailer. Now I left it at a friend's shop, actually Pablo, a guy from Miami that lives here oh. now. Pablo Falero. Yeah. Uh, no, I Pablo Falero lives here. No, um, different Pablo. What, the, what, is, a, what is his what last is name? <laughs> oh. I don't, I don't know what his hmm. last name is. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Interesting, because we knew a Pablo. We knew a couple of Pablos from down here. Yeah, no, Pablo is still down here. Is he? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, go ahead. As you were saying, it's a Pablo from Adult Vacation, like that crew, like Nelson, Ira, and oh, uh, okay, okay, yeah, I know what you're, Leo yeah. Adult uh, Adult Vacation. It's a Gutter Club, is what I should have right. said. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they have a shop that's kind of near the track, so we flat towed my car over there and just abandoned it. And then I came a few days later and got it with the trailer. And it's still on the trailer now, but uh-uh. it ran great until the alternator went out. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, that's a simple fix. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think so it's you... my janky wiring that caused this go out. <laughs> but <laughs> well, it comes yeah. down to spending time and investing time in it. So, you bought, you got a motorcycle, which is pretty cool. So you're able to unwind and reflect. So reflecting back on season two, um, what are your key takeaways? Like. Maybe um, like exciting moments, things that you were excited about, and then some of the things that was just like, uh, like like a high and low, like a contrast, right? Like, what were the, some of the best moments that you can remember, and some of the worst moments that you can remember from season two? Well, some of the best would be like Alec winning the season. I thought he was super dominant all year long, and just watching mm-hmm. him drive was really amazing. Um, there was also a few people that we didn't expect necessarily to do great that did amazing like randy noah um yeah it's it was amazing watching him just progress and get more and more aggressive as the events went on there was a bunch of drivers like that that sort of came out of left field that were just really good and you know some started kind of slow around one and then slowly got better and better as the season went on so just watching people progress always makes me excited. Um, I really enjoy seeing people do good. And then as far as negatives, like I guess the hurricane event was mm-hmm. probably one of the worst. Yeah, and that yeah. for us, stress level wise, was just crazy. And that's the event that we were dry for all the tandem competition, but it just took so long to get through it. And, I, it just that event was really strange. Um, yeah, a lot of the battles didn't turn out the way we thought they were going to, and we had to do so many one more times. And it was just it went so late, so nice. that kind of that was probably right. the low point of the season for me as a judge. <laughs> mm-hmm. But okay, well, that's good. So so then so this is a little bit highs and lows going from season two now there was a brief period where we didn't know what was going to happen right with the track. Where was the event going to be? Um, what was going through your mind when you, there was, there was a, there was a time of limbo, I believe where it was it going to be at Emerald coast. Was it going to move around a bunch of different tracks or was it? And then finally the freedom factory came in during that transitions. What, like, did you think that they were going to call you back or what were you, what were your, what was your take on that? Well, for me, it was a little weird because I didn't have much. I was talking to Zach 
you know, every once in a while, but I wasn't really in the know that the, you know, the clutch kickers track was going away. So I was just surfing the internet one day and it's, I just saw a post that was all five rounds at freedom factory. And I was, Oh wow. wow. Okay. Taken back. I was, man, they moved it over there. Okay. So then obviously I messaged Zach right away and he told me kind of what was going on. And I knew that there was a little bit of friction with the track being for sale, the Emerald coast dragway, but I didn't know that it was a situation where they weren't going to be able to use their track at all until Mm. I saw the clip, the freedom factory post. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. We, I didn't really catch I mean, I, I knew there was something going on a little bit that we may go to different tracks. I don't know if that's – but at that point, it didn't seem like Emerald Coast was out of the question. It still seemed like they were just trying to make it more diverse for the drivers. And then when we found well, I out – I thought something was interesting when they went down. They all traveled down to Cletus's drift event. Oh, yeah. I guess that would be a kind of a sign. That was something interesting when I'm like, why are they all going down to Cletus's event? I'm like, okay, maybe there's really live Cletus. So, right. Well, it made it, sense. So, right. It didn't make sense, I guess. But, and now it worked out. Now we got a track that, I mean, has nice bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's a lot, well, for us, it's a lot closer. For you, it's further. Um, still dealing with the crazy Florida weather, obviously, because we saw that in round one. Should get but, a little um, more under control as we get hotter. So, but what I like is the variety of, layouts that freedom factory provides so right because that was actually one of the um i want to say complaint but most uh requested features or change to be made to the venue because uh, sure it was great the track layout was pretty Mm -hmm. simple and it was a good equalizer with high horsepower low power low Mm -hmm. power vehicles but it just got to a point where like many people some competitors felt like with either a either they change it or they they're going to move on Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. think with, like you mentioned, the new venue, different tracks, and the added complexity of not being so open to the public. Mm-hmm. It's not like, for instance, where you had the fun days taking place at Emeralds Dragway, where everybody could just come in and kind of mm-hmm. get that extra seat time that they're looking for to help prepare them for the competition. Right. The Freedom Factory doesn't offer that. So except for Cletus. It's well, exactly. <laughs> Cletus has that at home track. And Chelsea, advantage. I'm sure Chelsea goes down there and drives too. Right. But uh yeah, and and I think you're gonna see that where in this season, uh, on top of every, all the other challenges that the drivers have to face, is how quickly can they uh pick up the tr- the nuances of the track, like for instance the bank and and all the issues there, and most importantly now as we saw in the first round, mm. how difficult it is just to figure out the infield mm. and just add uh, the grip difference. Yeah. But talking about the infield, when uh, Will, when you were looking at the layout and you were one of the notable changes that was made when you guys went over to round one was a change in the, well, it was originally supposed to be out of zone number two, but then it changed over to uh, inner clip number one, uh, number two. So what was the thought process on that? Was it something that you were already thinking about before you got to the venue, or was it something that you figured out uh, once you uh, were watching in practice? So we just, 
I didn't game plan at all for the track layout. I saw the picture of it, but because I'd never seen the track, I didn't really look at the pictures and try to game plan. I just waited until we, we flew in on Thursday morning, uh, Dwayne and I, and then we drove out to the track so we could actually walk it and kind of look at it and see what it looked like. And Pat was there. Um, Pat showed up around the same time as us. And then Jeremy came a little bit later and we all kind of walked the track together and talked about potential weather and the concrete because I've never seen the track. And this is sort of Jeremy Lowe's home track. He's, mm-hmm. he said that he's driven more events on, you know, the freedom factory track than any other track in America or whatever. So, yeah. Just kind of getting feedback from them, we decided that keeping Outer Zone 2 on the K-Rails as opposed to an inner clip would just be too dangerous, especially if it rained. Even in the dry, um, coming off the bank, you get on the asphalt, which is still grippy, but then when you do your transition, you're hitting the concrete, which is very slick. The concrete at Freedom Factory is sort of like if someone was building a building and they wanted the floor to be super smooth, like that's the kind of concrete it is. Somebody polished it is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it seems that way. It's yeah, it definitely is like Costco floor. It's yeah. not. Like <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like that Costco. It is. Uh, Sponsored yeah. by Costco. I, yeah. uh, no, I got a chance to walk across it. Oh, I was really? like, they, I go, they weren't kidding. Like it doesn't have like, obviously the, it the wasn't epoxy brush, on it. It wasn't brush marked. There was, no, no, it was like, it was like, just like a, a warehouse floor, you know. Warehouse warehouse floors just really? naturally, yeah. It's Good really lord, that's smooth. why it's like freaking it's like, ice. Yeah. And it's like a warehouse floor where the concrete guy took extra care to make it super smooth. <laughs> yeah, you know, some warehouses it's kind of rough. Like you see the concrete, and the guy obviously was in a rush. But at Freedom Factory, they made it very smooth. And so we were worried that if it rained, that cars would come off the asphalt and go right into the wall if they were supposed yeah. to be out there, which yeah. from watching people drive in the rain, definitely that would have been awful. People would have totaled their cars for sure. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if he would let us take a diamond grinder out there and rough no. it up. No, I, I, I think they take, he takes pride in that smooth concrete. So, yeah, he, I think so. He was talking about having it treated potentially. Um, apparently, great, yeah. um, another thing happened with concrete on the drag strip, and they had to change it. They had a concrete guy come out and make it better for tire adhesion. So maybe they'll do that to the skid pad. I don't know, but hmm. That'd be great. we'll figure That'd it out nice. either way. Yeah, yep. that's. So when you saw the weather conditions uh, start to play out the way that nobody wanted, what was what was your reaction? What was running through your mind? I'm sure you're, we're getting flashbacks from the uh, tornado and the hurricane mm-hmm. events. Yeah, for sure. Um, took me straight back to the, to <laughs> the hurricane event, the worst one. Um, I was real worried about it, I, especially since it didn't seem very drivable even when it was just mildly wet, you know, the water kind of pools on the concrete and that made it impossible. But even when it was just 
a light layer of water on it, it seemed undrivable. So I was real worried about how everybody was going to be able to drive through that. Um, Cause everybody, as soon as they hit it, they would spin out, you know, go towards the wall with just it was barely. Like, yeah. It, it was like ice. It. Yeah. It was like ice. I mean, I remember there's one run where Adam LZ went out at the, like for his uh, site lap. And he literally just like glided across. It literally looked like he was like on a ice, he's really black ice. like black ice or ice it, lake. Yeah. yeah, he's really good at sliding that on the wet too. So. Yeah, so it was like there's just nothing you could do. He threw it sideways and it was just there was no hope. Yeah, no traction. Uh, when you were witnessing that, did um, were you already thinking about changing the the track layout, or was it something where you were kind of like gotta wait and see what pans out? Well, you mean changing the layout after watching the people drive in the rain? Right. Yeah, we thought about changing it, but I don't know. There's just we we already set it pretty good for the rain coming off of the bank, but then the other side, um, outer zone three, we kind of debated making that just another inner clip instead of having an outer zone. Mm. But after watching people drive it in the wet, we just decided to stop driving whenever mm-hmm. it got past a certain point of, you know, rain on the track. Right. Yeah. That's good. Um, after you sort of realized that it wasn't going to like play out the, the way they wanted, obviously it was going to, it affected qualifying. And what was the what was the decision that was made? Because I think it wasn't. Unfortunately, with the way how it panned out, the the live stream wasn't up, and you know, due to the weather conditions, and not many people were made aware of the changes that were made to qualifying. So, do you want to go into in detail as to what went down in regards to that? Okay, yeah. So what's funny is the LZ run that you're talking about was actually the last run in qualifying. Mm-hmm. So we we started qualifying with sight laps once it started raining. A few drivers got dry laps, and then it started raining. We gave drivers sight laps. A few drivers made it through, and then LZ was the last one where Pat – Gooden, who actually has moved to more of like a technical director position, decided to stop driving because it just was unsafe, which I totally agree with. So we stopped qualifying at that point and we, you know, we're hoping that it would stop raining. So we're all looking at different radars, trying to figure out what to do. And we're discussing the time limits, you know, when the track has to be closed by you know, when the last run we can make on the track is and we're trying to figure out the schedule and it's still raining, still wet. And it got to a point where time-wise, there's no way that we're going to make it through qualifying and be able to make it through top 64. So at that point, we're trying to figure out uh, the best way to go about continuing the event and also looking at the weather for Sunday, seeing that it's probably going to rain on Sunday also. So the pressure was very high to figure out how to get the whole event done, not in the rain. So we decided that it would be best to just skip qualifying, do a randomized 
you know, bracket randomized order for qualifying. So that's what we did. We randomized the bracket and then we started top 64 as soon as the track was dry enough on Saturday and try to get through as much as the top 64 as we could before Sunday. Yeah. So, um, one of we we say this a lot. One of the most thankless jobs in drifting is being a judge. It's, it's really one of the least desirable positions, right? Because you're somebody's always going to be upset. I mean, there's just nothing you can do. Somebody's always going to somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. That's just the way the nature of it. And unfortunately, it just that's the way the sport is drift of drifting is built around. Similar surfing and like skateboarding and and whatnot. But how is um. So being saying that that you already have that pressure being a judge, you know whether like Dwayne seems to handle pretty he handles it pretty well. He's like, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. But having to go and change things, right? So now you have to bring this news. Okay, somebody's gonna be upset with this, right? Because we already got some qualifying runs. But how was the overall reception from the drivers when you guys had to deliver that news of the random bracket? I, I think most of the drivers understood. Dirk was real upset because he had an amazing run. His mm-hmm. qualifying lap was amazing, and we we debated it for a long time if there was a way that we could keep him in the top spot. Um, you know, because his run was amazing in qualifying, but yeah. there was just no way. And then when we randomized the bracket, he was pretty high up in the bracket just randomly. So I think he was the most upset out of everybody. For the most part, I think everybody understood. A bunch of people got super lucky because we changed the qualifying format. So I think there was like five or six drivers that on their qualifying lap, they are they did bad. So they were going to be, you know, 41st to 64th. They were, you know, they were going to have to make a second lap. Mm-hmm. by the way we're doing qualifying this year so they obviously were super happy that we mm-hmm. we randomized it but okay. for the most part i think drivers took it really well mm-hmm. dirk so you the exception but it was yeah. understandable yeah it is i mean and dirk's dirk's a cool guy so it's and then uh, you know it just definitely it's gonna be upsetting because he knew he had a high score he knew he was gonna be on the close to the top you know with the 91 i think he had yeah and then taylor ray having to go against chelsea yeah chelsea yeah (laughs) taylor ray and chelsea have to go Uh, at it right away that kind of sucked too but that that's it was really an awesome battle yeah that was an awesome battle but um but kind of going back to you, you you mentioned that there was a change in the qualifying so those may be people that are going to watch this that didn't because we really didn't see qualifying, what are they going to expect? Provided we have a full round two with qualifying, what what changes are there? Is there is is there changing qualifying from last season to this season? Yeah, so there there is a big change to qualifying this year. So drivers now instead of making two laps, they make their first lap. All the drivers make their first lap just like last year, but instead of everybody making a second lap, we lock in the top 40 scores from the first lap. And then only 41st to 64, however many drivers show up, make a second lap, you know? So, and so if you get a hundred on your second lap, the highest place you can qualify is 41st. Oh, now what if you're one of those first 40 drivers, you, you zero your first run. 
if you zero your first run, you have to make a second lap. Okay. And then the highest spot you can get is 41st. Unless uh, we have a ton of zeros on the first lap. Okay. Okay. Um, that would, that's interesting because it kind of like puts a lot of weight. Like how, your first do you, run. You go, do you, you go balls to the wall or do you, do you, right. do you hang back a little bit? Because, but. But it, you don't want to hang you're back. You're punished either. You're punished right, either right. You don't want to hang yeah. back because if you hang back and you play conservative, you're not going to get – I mean, there's not a lot of points in qualifying. I don't believe first place qualifying, I think they don't get that many there's points. No points. They got rid of the points, I thought. Uh, you got rid of the points in qualifying? No. Uh, we have points for qualifying this year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So – but it's not it's not gonna make misinformation. Totally yeah, misinformation. Sorry. Don't mm-hmm. don't pay pay no attention <laughs> behind the man behind the curtain. <laughs> what do I know? I, yeah. I don't know anything. <clears throat> so but, um sorry, go ahead, Will. I was just gonna say, so it's a little different. It's definitely more pressure on the first run. And the whole premise is to try to get qualifying to go a little faster and also push drivers to do better on their first lap and be locked in. So Dirk getting a ninety one that probably would have been extremely high because most drivers have a tough time pushing it that hard and not getting a zero on their first lap. So he definitely had, you know, Mm -hmm. a hard time with our decision, but I think he understood at the end that that's what we had to do to make the event happen. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he couldn't give him, first place because then anybody else could argue well i didn't get a chance to go maybe i could have beat you know beat him you know so at the end of the day that's all you could do is just randomize it that's the most fair unfortunately you didn't get the majority of the qualifying runs done i think we only got like what like seven or seven or eight qualifying runs done yeah it it wasn't many at all it wasn't enough to where we could figure it out it it wasn't Mm -hmm. enough to even count it that's why we just randomized it and like Any I other? said, I think four of, the, four of those qualifying laps are zeros. So. Right. Any other major changes other than the qualifying from last season to this season? Uh, I don't think there's any major changes. Uh, for qualifying, I moved to style. Dwayne moved to angle. And then Jeremy Lowe being a new judge. Like those are kind of major changes, I guess. But so we got Jeremy Lowe doing line. And then Dwayne moved from line to angle, and I moved from angle to style. Okay, so J- Jeremy Lowe being a new judge for this season, not new to drifting. He was a Formula Drift competitor a while, you know, years ago. This is home track. Yeah, and this is his home track. Have you ever worked with Jeremy Lowe? Did you have any kind of type of relationship with Jeremy Lowe prior to this event? So it's so funny. I I didn't have a relationship with him working with him, but me and him drove – and I didn't realize this until we were talking, me and him drove so many events together back in the day. So me and him talking, it it was like throwback Thursday to the max. Um, We drove a ton of events together back in the day and we had battles together too. So I've battled him at XTC a couple times. So we, I don't know. It, it was really funny seeing him again. And we talked to we talked a lot back then, but that was ten years ago. So yeah, and we drove together in FD also, but we didn't really communicate a lot during FD because FD is just crazy. So mm, yeah, but we were there at the same time. So how was it judging with him? 
it was awesome for sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like we all mesh really well together. Yeah. The and another thing I noticed and, is that you, you guys weren't in agreement on every run. You know, there are some times where I would see Jeremy Lowe saying one more time or, you know what I'm saying? And I, I we found that kind of, actually, actually, I kind of like that, right? Because if all the judges are unanimous on every call, unless it's an obvious call, right? And the drivers, certain drivers are doing that bad, but at least it shows the audience that it's not like, um, you know, there's conversation going on, right? And there's, there's gonna, there's gonna be, um, uh, times when you guys may not agree with each other, right? And that's what makes for good judging is that you guys can't just be all like, oh, whatever he says, and we just kind of go all along Which, with one person. I some because I was one entering all that information. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say that it was kind of interesting because when I expected, when I, I thought Dwayne, when he he was ready and he had his answer ready, I thought the rest of the guys would have been as well. But mm-hmm. no, they were still deciding and choosing what you know. Right, so they, they weren't all putting their, so They weren't all. It wasn't their, all like, hey, let's come together and pick a person type of thing. That was they were everybody's given their own selection at their own time whenever they're ready. Yeah. Oh, good deal. Right, which it's uh it's interesting, just how judging works. But I like that there was debate and that you know you're not pressured by those two like. I'm never pressured by them to make a call one way or the other. We just are talking about the run and then sort of interpreting it on our own and then putting our vote in, Yeah. which a lot of times it's obvious, you know, everyone's going to go one way, but you're still, you know, Hey, Jeremy, do you agree? And it's like, yeah. And then we vote that way or it's, you know, a couple of times we, we disagreed and, it, it's not a big deal, which is how it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need to be in agreement. He would see something that maybe I wouldn't see and we kind of disagree or on what exactly happened. And I like that variance in the judging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I worry sometimes that when you're judging with two other people, if you're talking too much that, your opinion will kind of be pushed onto them and then Mm -hmm. they'll just agree with it because it's easy. Mm -hmm. But I feel we did a really good job of not doing that and just Mm -hmm. making our own decisions off of what we saw live and on the the replay. I was pretty surprised by it. Like I was like, I don't know. I was like, wait, y'all don't, you don't, you're not coming into an agreement here. Yeah. (laughs) And and one welcome change is, having a chance to sit in air conditioning this time all day. So that <laughs> yeah. was a welcome change and not getting dirt flicked in your face every other minute. Yeah. The being in the booth was, I was real worried about it, but with the replays on the live stream and being behind the glass, it was, it was kind of amazing. Um, it was funny last year. There was a couple runs where, I force my eyes to stay open (laughs) and stuff is like hitting me in the face and I just couldn't close my eyes. I had to keep watching, but stuff is pelting me and Mm -hmm. there's still half the track left to go. And so I'm thinking in my head, I have to watch the end of this lap. I can't let this stuff like distract me from seeing it, (laughs) which is awful, but. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah, so that's nice, nice change this season having that the hey, judges booth and, and, ha- you know, having, yeah, and being up in the booth, having air conditioning, having 
you know, not getting stuff thrown in your face. You're protected from the elements, the rain and everything. Quieter. Quieter. Yeah, and, and we get to hang out with you too. So we kind of enjoy that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we'll work on that as the year goes on, being able to communicate easier with you guys. Since, you know, this is the first time doing that, I think moving forward we'll be able to really iron that out where if you guys have questions, we can answer them better and faster. Yeah. Well, so, I think this this time we're all under that pressure to get the event done, right? Yeah. That we had to just be like this rapid fire drifting. We didn't do an opening ceremony. We just run after run after run. We're like, that rain's coming. We got to beat that rain. We don't want to get caught in the rain. We want to be able to finish the event with, with how Saturday went. So it worked out. We got it done. So I, hopefully the weather is going to play in our favor for round two, and we'll be able to kind of uh, kick back a little bit and just take it a little easier, a little smoother, and be able mm-hmm. to have that communication, have those times where you guys can come in. Like you did step in one time to clar- clarify a call, but if we can have more of that next round, if we have the time, that would definitely, I know, would not just benefit those that are on the live stream, but also everybody that's on the, in the stadium as well can hear us. So that also helps them. Because we have a lot with, with Cletus and the Freedom Factory. What that brings is there are a lot of people that come there just to see Cletus. So they, they may not necessarily be drift fans. So whatever we can do to help educate those new fans of drifting to understand the sport is going gonna, is gonna to help build those long-lasting fans or possibly new drivers in the future want to get involved in the sport. If they understand it, we can do whatever we can to help educate them. So having you be able to come on or the judges be able to come on and clarify certain calls, I think that's a huge benefit that we have. Yeah, for sure. And definitely want to do that in the future. We only did it the one time because, like you said, we were trying to go so fast. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of unfortunate, but that's the pressure we were under. I think mm-hmm. that it started – I heard a rumor that it started pouring at the track at 430 Mm-hmm. But I wasn't actually there. I'd left already. But mm-hmm. so we we barely made it. <laughs> no, we definitely did uh, uh, skip the uh, skip the rain. Well, the like. opening ceremony was supposed to be at three o'clock. So yeah, we would yeah, yeah, There's no way. I mean, we we, we would have got down to like the, the finals, and if it would have downpoured, we would have had to either wait it out or I mean, what could you do? You there's not really much you could do at that point because you can't have them go through that track, especially the infield is, is disastrous. Now, next round, they're going to run the infield. So it's going to be interesting. This was more of the high-speed, on-the-bank type of layout. Now, next round, it's going to be a little more tight technical. So it's going to be interesting to see that transition from from last round to this round. Like you said before, last year, the guys had all year plus the fun days to dial in their cars and get that practice on Emerald Coast. Emerald Coast was – um, uh, Mike Castleberry and his crew did a great job of keeping that pavement uh, well-maintained and prepped for each event. The guys were able to get dialed in. Now with the um, diversity of layout that we had, not diversity, but like the the transition from the tarmac or, or the, the, the sweeper going into that concrete paddock, how that's going to play round per round and how the judges are going to have to set up their car different for one 
and being able to adapt to those different layouts and not be so dialed in, which is going to make it easier for you guys to judge as well, because before the drivers were so dialed in, you guys had to like really nitpick everything yeah, last- and, and, and set the cones in certain such a way to to make it judgeable. Yeah, those last rounds were really, really, really close. I mean, you guys like, are splitting hairs. Yeah, like, it was insane. Yeah, so that's one thing that I really like about the Freedom Factory. I feel like it's going to push drivers to do better and figure out how to drive different lines and different styles, whereas at the Clutch Kickers track, everyone was so dialed in. It was the same run, lap after lap. Nobody was really trying anything different. They basically had figured it out, and then it was just who was more aggressive following and who could do a better job coming out of outer zone one to the inner clip, you know, that decided so many laps, but it, like mm-hmm. you said, it was super nitpicky. Whereas at clutch kickers, I mean, at freedom factory, the track, the layout changes, no one can get very comfortable. So I think it's really going to shine on the drivers that, can adapt and really understand their cars and what their cars are doing and that their styles are flexible where they can figure out mm-hmm. where they need to be and what they need to do mm-hmm. on weird layouts that are not comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to mention that added to the difficulty level of this previous round is the fact that there was no practice runs for right. Sunday. Yes. So, as, and one of the things I, uh, we noted at, uh, during the broadcast is that it became a thing where people were dialing in their cars as they progress throughout the day. Yeah. And it just so happens that it was sort of like they were just trying to get as many runs as possible to just get, uh, I mean, their practice runs, I guess you can say, and then to kind of make the adjustments, whatever they can. And I think in the end, you realize when you got to like the top eight, final four, you had the majority of them already had the, themselves dialed in. It's just a matter of then, then who had the, the career advantage uh, over the other person. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mention that because so we we didn't have... So this, this live stream was a pay-per-view, right? So I was going through the internet. And I forget. I don't know if it was I found it or somebody else found it. There was a guy that... Ben that based, ben, ben found it. There was a guy that um, was actually live streaming the clutch kickers event on Twitch. I actually took a screenshot, so I don't know if Zach cares or not, but they were basically <laughs> lyrically, the guy was live streaming and he was basically saying that I'm going to live stream all the clutch kickers events. And he's like, yo, this is like just chill time. No negative vibes. Cause a couple people came in and say, Hey, you know, I thought this was pay-per-view. He's like, Oh, I paid for a few guys already. I already paid for a few guys. <laughs> I paid for right. You. And I, but, but the reason why, I mean, that kind of frustrated me because I know clutch kickers, I know financially how it's it, how much how money, much they money they in put this. into it. So it's like I take it personally, right? Yeah. When when people are taking the stream and giving it out to other people, I, I like that upsets me, right? Because people don't I, understand how. Well, much. I'm I'm like loyal, right? Like you know, you're you're my friend. You know, if you're gonna, you know, you're gonna cut my friend off, you're gonna have to deal with me too, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like really frustrating. So I, and then I was like, I'm I'm gonna buy the stream. So I bought the stream. I bought it for the whole season. But what I found interesting is that the guy was like critiquing the the drivers. And, and it was like, and I'm listening to ourselves on the live stream, right? Like, and I'm like, and then I would be like, guys, they didn't have any practice today. They're, and they'd be like, oh, they didn't have any practice. And then, and then later on, they're like, oh man, this guy should be doing better. This guy should be doing better. Like critiquing the drivers. And I'm like, you guys are a 
freaking suck. You know, it's like <laughs> it pissed me off, right? Because I'm like, you guys, like, you're so critiquing these drivers that are on a new layout that didn't get that much practice and got no practice today of the competition. So it was it was kind of upsetting to me. I just had to, I just had to vent that out. So that was a little frustrating. So, so or are you I, still frustrated? I'm still frustrated about it because it, it's it is. It's like that's that's not right. You know, it, it, you sit. It's like what do they call it? the armchair coach, right? And it's just wasn't cool. Wasn't cool that he was live streaming it. And then so I you know I screenshot on top of that yeah. Scre- yeah, criticizing and then criticizing right right criticizing the event and you're you know you're you're streaming it out for free but you're gonna criticize it. It's like and then. The, Say oh no negative vibes so I, I didn't think that was too cool but anyways <laughs> I, I forget what my point was I just had to vent <laughs> he was ranting well, I was just ranting forgive the rant well well I agree with you for sure on your on your rant and also that Saturday night when we said to all the drivers we're gonna have a meeting at seven thirty in the morning I was super anxious about that meeting. Because we had already talked that we didn't have time to do any practice and we we're going to have to go straight into the comp. So me, personally, I was super anxious thinking drivers are going to be so upset that they just have to go into the competition. Yeah. So building up to that meeting, getting up super early at the hotel, driving to the track, I was just worried about it. And then when we had the meeting, everybody, all the drivers just – they just understood it. Nobody complained. Nobody said mm. anything. They just accepted it, and they just were good with going in the competition. And really, from my perspective, a lot of drivers that I expected to do poorly with no practice did better than I expected. It seemed a lot of people didn't have time to get into their own heads yeah. So they were able hmm. to just go and throw down, and they were good. Really, all of the competition, I think maybe if we would have had practice, a few people would have been more aggressive and maybe would have chased better. But as far as lead runs, I think most of the people did great for having no – just going into it cold, you know, waking up mm-hmm. first thing in the morning, and then you've got to go throw down in a battle with some dude – in tandem, mm-hmm. I was really impressed. It made me real happy, actually. And yeah. the fact that all the drivers just accepted it and understood that that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I got two things to say about that. One, it takes you back to one particular driver. Don't want to name them, but <laughs> it was in a driver's meeting. They're like, oh, if you're here, you shouldn't need any practice. Says something along those yeah, lines. Who that was. Yeah. Mm. So there was that comment. I was like, well, I mean, I guess it sort of, you know, adds to his argument that everybody, you know, did pretty good. Um, and the other thing about it was, oh my gosh, I lost my turn of thought. Okay. Two things you said. One was some. Well, I think, I think, well, I have one thing. I think it did prevent a lot of people from destroying their cars. You think so? Yes, because I think there would have been a lot more crashes during a practice. And, and, I think there would would be. Yeah, I think we're testing take outs, maybe not crashes true. only, but also but just um, cars breaking down. Mechanical. We had failures. a lot of mechanical failures already, and we had a lot of crashes already. I think we would have had more if we had more practice time. It's mm, kind of a good point because they were learning. They're trying to figure this out. They're putting a lot of pressure on themselves. You know, this is people are really coming into this with a like a lot of pressure on themselves. Yeah, like I mean, look at Connor. I mean, that guy has looked like he's. Yeah, I was impressed. Yeah, 
I was impressed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to sneak peek at his because I have an E46 as well. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get a sneak peek of his, uh, his camber and everything, his rear end settings there. Because I wanted to ask, um, how how do you think that was? Well, how, how do you, what did you think of Connor? Uh, I was super impressed. I know he he drove a few events last year or the whole season. Yeah, I'm in not the sure. S14, yeah. I I can't remember what S14 it was. It was a red one. Mm-hmm. It was just a red S14, no livery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zenki. Yeah, Zenki. Yeah, he came in and he had a couple good battles. He threw down really hard. Not as not like he did this. No, not like no. he did this time. But but what what he did is he he definitely made his like he a lot of full commitment, a lot of angle, a lot of smoke. It's just his consistency wasn't all that dialed in. Um, but he's only been drifting for about a year and a half, a year or so, and he went right into competition. Um, so he's definitely got, I mean, somebody you're going to have to watch, definitely. But he was so fast. Right. He was fast. Like he was on 265, so he wasn't on anything crazy. Yeah, yeah, and a small tire and mechanical grip. That's and insanely fast. Like, I thought he, I thought, the, I thought, I don't know who, who he was against, but. He went Brandon McDowell. He went against Brandon McDowell. Brandon he, McDowell. Yeah, it was that insane. was That was, in my opinion, the biggest takeaway of the speed difference. And that's where we're like, what he happened to Brandon? Him. Because either A, he misshifted, or B, right. he, like, fell asleep at the light or something because this guy just, like, took off. Mm-hmm. No, but he did it on everybody. No, but the most notable one for, for us, in my opinion, was Brandon McDowell. Because you weren't expecting it. Right. Uh, well, yeah. Considering how, like, Brandon McDowell came in with, uh, I mean, a new car, a new setup, mm-hmm. and we had already seen him at a previous event, mm-hmm. at how he was attacking the bank, and, I mean, he looked dialed in, already ready to go, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden for this to happen, that really threw us off. Well, mm-hmm. What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say with the Brandon one specifically, so I heard from Brandon that during his run with like so all of his runs before battling connor he was around 600 wheel horsepower he was having some kind of issue and then when he went against uh connor he was making about a thousand wheel horsepower so he spun all the way down the straightaway oh Oh. that you know think, think of like the street racing right you can only you can only put down the power that that the uh the the, the guard can handle right you can't put more power than the grip yeah. You got to know what your grip is. So well, too ta- much is is not always better. That takes me back to like uh the those uh those memes, those jokes about the Supras. It's like what's the difference between a 1000 horsepower and and oh, a 500 God. horsepower Supra, <laughs> that, you know, nothing they just both run tens on the quarter or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, yeah that, that's what it takes me back to. Yeah. Interesting. Well, he he floored it like it had 600 horsepower and it was making a 1000, so he was in mm. trouble. Mm, yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, interesting. But even that said, Connor's car just was fast. It looks so fast. Even um, on Friday, he was, when we were watching from the center of the track, he was one of the first people that all of us were just, who is that in that car? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I think his second lap, even his first lap was really intense, and his second lap was up on the wall with a lot of speed. Mm-hmm. And we're just okay, like that's your second lap, and you're doing mm-hmm. that, okay? Like, definitely need to watch you this weekend. Yeah, yeah. It makes sure. makes me think makes me think of something that Alex said. So, um, Connor came from dirt bike and motocross 
right? A lot of that competition. And Alec kind of brought this up that he came from motocross as well. And Alec, I mean, Connor kind of reminds me of Alec because Alec started very young and he made he made his presence felt at a young he age for me to drift, right? In big ways. Yeah. In, in big ways, he was like, wow, this young kid hasn't been driving for long and he was very a dominant on the track. But what Alec said that I thought was interesting is that, you know, coming from a motocross um, competitive background, motocross is way more extreme as far as the risk. physical risk and danger, right? That going from motocross where you're risking paralyzed, break, broken bones, broken neck, all this stuff that you're you're risking like on a regular basis, now you're going to drifting, it's, it's easy for them to Dude. go all out because – them going all out in the car is not the same like, as it's not as dangerous as far as they're concerned. This is safe. <laughs> you know, yeah. I throw my car into a wall. It's really not that dangerous. So that fear is not there. Is not there. They're not scared of the wall. Right. They're not scared of the wall. So and you could see that with those even Jaden, um, the Jaden Drifter kid, he's like 13 years old. He came from a motocross background as well. And he's only been drifted for like a year and a half. So you see these guys with that motocross background, it yeah. seems that fear of crashing is just it's, not there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the physical. It's not holding them back. No. Yeah, it, I agree a hundred percent. I've dabbled in motocross, so I not probably as experienced as them, but definitely understand it. And it's picking lines and their commitment to what they're doing. If you're if you're committing to you know a jump or a line in motocross, the consequences are super high. So if you miss your mark you crash really hard or you, you know, you land on the wrong side of a jump and you, you get hurt. So they're used to picking those lines, committing to them and they're a hundred percent committed and it's with a huge risk. So when they get in a drift car, it's like, like you said, it's a hundred percent safe. They're in a car. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. They could total the car, but they're going to be fine. They have a cage. They're in mm -hmm. a seat. Right. Uh, they're not 60 feet in the air. Like, right. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I'd probably argue you still have the same kind of risk with an 8.6 because we've seen, <laughs> we've seen many people at 8.6s with some spectacular crashes, if I, uh, I can put it lightly like that. Yeah. So, hey, in many ways, uh, his motocross experience transferred over to the 8.6 and that same level of risk wow. uh, was, uh, was there with the 8.6. Yeah. I Definitely. mean, four, four AG manual rack, and uh, you're playing with fire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and going back to Connor, I think he stunt rides too on street bikes. Yeah, he still does. He still does. Yeah. So if you're stunt riding, you know, on a a street bike on the street, that's like <laughs> I can't think of a more dangerous thing to do. So yeah. Definitely Heck, I, I expect him to do that like at one of the events. Like just whip out his bike at one of the events for like a halftime half show and he's show. just there popping wheelies or something. Yeah. There you go. Hey, should ask him. <laughs> oh boy. That's crazy. I'm sure so, he'd be down. With uh we're talking about Connor and uh and Brandon McDowell, that sort of led to ultimately led to a protest and do you want to clarify exactly what went down because it was one of the few instances that it actually got overturned mm -hmm. so with the connor and mcdowell run like we we're just talking about mcdowell got smoked on his follow 
he burned out all the way down the straightaway. Connor was fast like he'd been. Connor's lead runs were great, kind of all weekend, and then he struggled following. Um, so then when they switched, McDowell initiated, was pretty good on the bank, and Connor had a big mistake on his entry. He kind of kicked the car out, went straight, and then re-kicked the car out as he went up to get to the initiation point. Then they went around the outer zone one and coming into the infield, we didn't really know what happened, but there was contact right before the transition, kind of right around the time that we expected Brandon to transition, they hit and Brandon went straight. And so we, we watched a bunch of replays it wasn't really clear to us what had happened with the contact, but we gave Connor a zero for his initiation because we thought he initiated way too late because of the straighten that we saw. Hmm. So they got pulled, their cars pulled off the track. And I think Brandon thought that we picked Connor because of the contact. So I think he actually went to Connor and told him like, Hey, my car turned off coming off the bank. Like you should protest that. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but that's how I kind of understood it. That's really big of Brandon. Yeah. I think Brandon felt bad that his car turned off coming off the bank and just wanted to be honorable, which is super awesome. That is really cool. And uh, so he protested, we reviewed it, and actually realized that on entry, he did do a double initiation, but he still was in drift by the last standing cone on the wall, which from the naked eye was real unclear. But he definitely had, you know, he kicked the car out, went straight, and then re-kicked it out at the wall, but it still was in within the time frame that he had to do that, so... So after seeing that, you know, we we overturned it, especially mm. knowing that Brandon's car turned off coming off the bank. So yeah, yeah, Brandon's one of my favorite drivers. Like, I got to talk to him on the phone, and just every time I see him, he just he just wants to he wants to he doesn't I don't know he just wants to he's like a driver's driver. You know, he's gonna drive hard. He's gonna give you everything he's got, and he's gonna. He's just super aggressive. I just love, like, I've really, as each season of Clutch Kickers has progressed, he's turned to one of my favorite drivers at Clutch Kickers. And I love watching him. Definitely. I mean, me too, for sure. Especially, I love it when he does a qualifying lap with kind of, you know, a decent score, but maybe like 20th or something. And then when he's lining up for his second qualifying lap, I just know Mike, yeah. dude, is going to go 135% for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even in tandem, especially on his leads, he leaves it all on the track for sure. And it's very yeah. exciting to watch. Hmm. Were you, were you, I'm curious, were you surprised by um, some of the crashes that took place? Because it was, there were some pretty notable ones. We had, uh, Taylor Hall and Nate Hamilton, mm, uh, Ben yeah. Julian up against the wall, uh, yeah. Sebastian and Jonathan Aaron, 
and um, Alec Honnadale. Alec Didn't... Alec Honnadale. That's right. That was a, a big surprise. Hard, yeah. Right. And he shut it down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, w- were you surprised by any of it? I I wouldn't say I was surprised. Maybe the Naren wreck surprised me the most, just because his car whipped around so quickly. Mm-hmm. It it happened, you know. He came off the bank, Sebastian. blew out a tire, and oh, right yeah. when the tire was... blew out, he just spun instantly. He got T-boned. and then his car actually spun, and then rolled back. He in. rolled backwards, mm-hmm. right, and uh, Sebastian hit him pretty hard, and that that was surprising just because it happened so quick. With Nate and Taylor, I know that Nate was trying really hard on his lead lap. And us as judges, watching him go around the bank, he was on it. He looked mm-hmm. very good. And Taylor had kind of a lackluster follow on the bank. So mm-hmm. we were – I know I was leaning heavily towards Nate for the bank. And then, I, you know, he came into the infield, made a huge mistake, spun. And I know he was kicking himself because he had such a good lead lap going up to that point. So when they switched, I knew that he was going to go 110%. Mm-hmm. And he just, that 10% got him for sure. He was trying to force Taylor into a zero. And mm-hmm. they made contact. It was wild because the contact they made wasn't that crazy. But then Taylor spun so fast, I didn't expect the second hit to happen on that wreck. I was watching, I was watching the video. He goes off into the dirt. And then when he comes back on the tarmac, instant huge smoke cloud. <laughs> oh, I, I don't remember. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you that slow now. it down. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got to watch it. But yeah, it's right. like he goes out into the dirt. He gets pushed off, which which you know right. Nate pushed him off. But then when he hits the freaking tarmac, boom! Explosion of like smoke. And then that's when he spins out in front of him. And then runs up and. Hmm. But I had it's, actually talk. Sorry, go ahead, Will. I was just going to say, it's because he never lifted. Even when the tires were in the grass, he was still full throttle, like on limiter. So when he hit the the pavement again, his wheel speed was probably something insane. That's why he got the 250 miles an hour. Yeah. (laughs) But but you being the style judge, right? Did you give Nate points for catching air? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> he he kick flipped his car like it was pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, no, or not kick flipped yeah, he it, he ollied it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Um, yeah, that's crazy. So the the final battle. We had uh Dirk Strand, Adam L Z. Uh your thoughts on how that went down. Well, it was real interesting to me because Dirk Stratton looked the best to me all weekend. Every lap he made, I thought I thought he was going to win the event because he looked so consistent and calm and just his lead laps were amazing. His follows were good, and he just was on it. And LZ looked great in the follow. He kind of had some mistakes in the lead. His car broke a bunch of times during the competition. He had to call his five minutes. Like, he definitely had – a lot of things going on that made me think, you know, at some point he's going to break and not be able to come back from it. But somehow his crew kept his car going all the way to the end. So final battle, you know, Dirk had an amazing lead 
and LZ was super aggressive and looked amazing in the follow. Mm-hmm. And then they switched. And in my head, I'm kind of thinking, can LZ's car hold together for this? You know, he's had a lot of issues today. And he was able to put down a great lead lap. And Dirk knew, I I assume Dirk knew that he had a great follow. So he was trying to be super aggressive on the bank. And he just was a little too aggressive coming off the bank when LZ mm-hmm. slowed down. Caused a little mistake there from Dirk. And that really was his only, you know, bobble that I saw all weekend was that. He slowed mm-hmm. down a little bit. LZ got a pretty good gap on him, and he, he was able to reel him back in by the end. But that was the big difference was just that little hesitation coming off the bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, made it makes it easy for the judging. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think it was plain to see, but – it's unfortunate because Dirk was doing so good all weekend. He was so consistent. Yeah. But you know, LZ also props to him. He hung in. He hung in there. You, there was one run in the battle where I think it's one of the runs where his belt came off. But I thought for sure he was going to crash because he was full drift in the bank, and then he had some kind of issue and his car went up to the wall and he locked up the front wheels like on the foot brake Mm. and was somehow able to keep it in drift and not go into the wall. But when I saw him go up Mm. at that section of the track, I thought for sure he was going to crash and he was able Mm. to save it and drive through it and they were able to fix it and keep going. So Props to him for sure for fixing his car and hanging in there all the way to yeah. the end. Yeah, a lot of drivers they they were able to overcome the no practice issue, and you know we still it's such a great the drivers did such a great job that you almost fail to realize they didn't have any practice, but in overcoming the crashes, Taylor Hole doing a great job at getting his car back together so he can continue to compete. But my biggest question is, what happened to Chelsea Denofa? He left the track oh. like he left the stove on. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's like he he does it. He just left the track like, oh crap! I left the stove on, or he just like he didn't realize FD was coming up so soon, and he had a plane to catch. You know, it was it was like, what happened? Did you, get, you guys talk to him? Like, why he just like no? What happened? I I didn't get to talk to him after his battle. I think he he lost to Sean Booth. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. And he kind of like, I think he spun or something, and then he just kind of drove off the or no he. He didn't spin, but he like straightened out and, and then, then went straight and then went straight through the grass and then off the track and he was gone. Like like okay. <laughs> it, like it he, he 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 judges own run. Like I forgot the milk. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go get the milk. <laughs> it, go ahead, Will. It was wild too, because on those runs, I believe we were still debating what happened on the first run. Mm-hmm. And he just like he already packed his car on the trailer and was leaving. And we still haven't decided that he, he lost, which ultimately (laughs) we decided that he lost, but it just, it was funny. I think Hmm. uh, what happened with him, I heard his, he lost an intercooler pipe or something on coming off the bank. So he lost all of his, his boost and had no Um, power. Hmm. 
That so I think he was struggling to keep it in drift, and it was super gripped up. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, that car is yeah. nothing without boost. Well, it's got no torque or anything. It just doesn't have its boost. <laughs> it's <laughs> actually like, less power than yeah. if it was in turbo because it's. <laughs> That's crazy. Right. It, so when he went in the grass, I think his car couldn't keep spinning the rear tire, so he just went down the sixty the horsepower. Way. I, I, yeah. st- I still think he left the stove on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stove's on. I, I was worried he was gonna get uh, a bill from oh I know from Cletus in regards to the the, the grass yeah, I know he I went, mean that's one of his uh, pride and joys there yeah, I mean cut right through it too I was like uh oh <laughs> maybe, maybe that's another reason why he like hightailed it out there is like <laughs> nope I'm I'm not gonna deal with Cletus I'm out of here I'm out of here <laughs> that's fine. I was I was real worried about people going into Cletus's grass like I I saw a guy in the spotters area taking notes when people would go in the grass. So really? I was like, I mean, charge mm. those guys later. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, ta- talking about Cletus and, and his crew, we got to hand it to them because they oh, were yeah. just everywhere. They were just on top of things. I mean, mm-hmm. even Cletus himself, you would think like he would just sit back and relax or kind of mm-hmm. just, you know, no, sit off somewhere and let the, the show run for itself. But he was just everywhere doing all these different things as well so yeah i was really impressed like i've seen a handful of the cletus videos um i don't really get too much time between work and all the other stuff i do to really sit back on youtube and watch a lot of stuff so i don't really get to follow anybody um to to really you know like follow him and see exactly everything on but the handful of videos that i do get to watch they're entertaining and i like them but seeing how much he was involved like that made me a fan more than any of his videos because he's out there cutting the grass. He's out there cleaning the track. He would be driving. And, and as soon as he's done driving, he's out there back cleaning the track. So his dedication uh, to the motorsports community and, and clutch kickers, what he, he just being there trying to make sure everything goes well. Uh, I think that's a testament to his character. I thought that was that for me, that was huge. And those are the things I look for in people, right? I look at their character and you see the things that they do that you know they go above and beyond and they don't have to do. Like he's in a position where he doesn't have to do all that stuff and nobody would think anything less of him. You know what I'm saying? So that made me a, uh, a, that made me more than anything a, more of a Cletus fan now than it was before. Definitely. He, he was on it. He was calm, cool, collected the whole time. And even after the competition, he was just up in the bleachers signing autographs and giving people hugs and stuff. Just a mm-hmm. cool guy all around. Yeah. For sure. And he definitely wanted the show to be as smooth and fluid as possible and just stayed on top of it. He competed, and then once he was out, he just, you know, took care of business for sure. Yeah. It was awesome. Do we have any, do we have any questions in the chat? Well, I, I have I have another question actually. Uh, so, uh, Will, your opinion on uh, Patrick Gooden on on his role, his new position for uh, for this season? How do you think he handled it? Uh, I think Pat did amazing. I told him that after the event. So Zach being running grid and Pat running all the cars coming on to the hot track and handling five minute calls and all of the stuff that Pat was handling. It went amazing. It was great. Um, zero complaints. It, it works so good. And 
you know, having Zach running the start line, Zach knows what's up. And then having Pat running the other side of it, like Pat knows what's up. And I feel people are definitely not going to approach Pat with things that they know are silly (laughs) where sometimes I feel they they will approach Zach because they know Zach will give them a little bit of, of room. So I think it worked great. Yeah. Well, Zach had a, like a, an eventful weekend himself because not only did he have to deal with the event, but then he also had to deal with the Corvette yeah. and what happened with that as yeah. well. So exactly. uh, I'm sure he had a tough time, which talking about Zach's Corvette, it's available for rent for round yeah, two of the Clutch Kickers $100,000 new series. So if anybody driver out there is interested Please be sure to reach out to Zach in the chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no, Zach anywhere. The Z pull off on Instagram. Be sure to reach mm-hmm. out to him or Zach at clutchkickers.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. Corvette. Yeah. Well, hmm. car looked great. I'll tell you that. No, it did. It did look good. It went to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was his first. That was the guy's first lap. Yeah, I know. He, he crashed on his first lap. And, and, that was an expensive first lap. Yeah, that was a really expensive first lap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who did he go against? He actually battled. They got the car back up and going, but they battled, and then he lost. Who was uh, he? I can't remember who he went I against. I can't think of it. See, hmm. we, we got to wait for... See, in a way, we're sort of kind of like spoiling it for people that haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. Think about it. There's many people that still kind of the like don't grid. know everything that. Well, that's true. Oh, there is a live bracket, but but the, the nitty gritty details. It's <laughs> like when you look at a Wikipedia article on a on a movie, and it kind of gives you a rough idea of how the story goes, but yeah. it doesn't go get into the meat, into the bone of the structure of the story, and oh. that's what you, why you need to see the show, which should still be available on BaldEagle.com. So if you haven't seen yeah. it, be sure to check it out. No, um, if not, just wait for uh, for it to be released on YouTube at one point or another. And uh, you know, yeah. it's it, it's it's not like I mean, ten bucks, right? I went actually. I bought the whole season because it was there's five rounds. It's forty bucks if you buy the whole season. So you actually save money by purchasing the whole season. Oh, okay. so that's what I did. I purchased the whole season. That way we can we can use it. I mean, we can even technically we probably can even have these guys watch it while we're you know on the live stream if we want. Like later on, go back and rewind. Uh, first day and, and look at some stuff to help us because that's going to help us, right? If we could watch it, we can kind of critique it and we can look at some mistakes. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I s- support the cause, man. Support. Um, let me go back and well, I go don't back. see any. Well, actually, well, I, I see a Pat wants, but I think Will answered that already. If if you think he needs, do you think Pat needs a haircut? And who is your favorite Pat? <laughs> who's your favorite? <laughs> who's your favorite? Yeah, <laughs> very specifically, who's your favorite Pat? That you work with and lives in Florida. Um, I mean, I'm gonna have to go with Pat Gooden. <laughs> oh, okay, Pat Gooden, Pat Gooden. That's a good yeah. answer. final answer. My final answer. Okay, final for answer. America, okay, though, not just for Florida. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, other question: Would you rather live life without your glasses for a week or not wear a shirt? <laughs> shirt for sure. Shirt no is shirt. gone. <laughs> I can't survive 10 minutes without glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He went to a uh, full panic mode when um, he lost it with swimming with the dolphins. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I could understand that. Um, we got a Pat's question. Up the chat. Yeah. Pat oh. is blown up the chat. We got <laughs> we to gotta find, we got, you know, now, you know, what's the, I'm going to put the pressure on Zach. Zach, you got to find a, um, a party spot, you know, 
Yeah. That's right. After party spot. After right. party spot. We need because yeah, we all party broke spot, up right. in the end. I don't yeah, think it was just like everybody went their own out, way yeah. and was just like, okay, we're going home. Well, there was, was a little up. party that took place uh, in the pit. It was. Oh. Yeah. It was a, a little. It wasn't to the extent of yeah. when you know the island. But well, okay, so we could do that. Maybe we could bring party in the entertainment. Pits? Party <laughs> right. in the pits and bring in like a DJ. <laughs> I like. I like where this is going. Okay. <laughs> all right. Party in the pits. Everybody's there. You know, just kind of wind down. I don't know. Zach, put that on the docket for next round. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got a question from Alex Pack who wrote, uh, why should my right height be 114 millimeters? I don't know how is that relevant, but maybe Will knows something that we don't. Will? Uh, yeah. 114 millimeters. Yeah. yeah it's pretty specific. Right height huh? needs to be measured exactly and I don't know where you measure it from, but it needs to be under 114 millimeters to work correctly. I, I learned that this week. Oh, <laughs> what what car though? You broke up. Every car, every car has to be under 114 millimeters for ride height, or it won't work correctly. Hmm. Huh? In what aspect? <laughs> This is an inside joke. I feel like it's an inside joke. I, feel, I totally joke. feel like it's an inside <laughs> joke. <laughs> we're we're uh, we're not. Yeah, is it in the rule book? This, it's this, over my uh, head. Just went right over my head. So, some guy is blowing up the internet, uh, critiquing cars driving in competitions, and I I don't know. That's where that. Ah, uh, okay. Because that's, that's only like that's like four and a half inches. About yeah. I don't it's, millimeters. Yeah. I don't. I don't deal in millimeters. Yeah, twenty-five so. millimeters is about an inch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hmm. And where yeah. do you measure it from? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. It's, yeah. It's five and a three quarters. Sounds suspect to me. But anyways, maybe from yeah. where the tire makes contact with the road. I have no idea. Yeah, we'll have to look I, into that. Math right? and science. Yeah. Math and science. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Um so well, what was your overall take uh impression on the uh the round? So I think it started a little rough and then as it went got smoother and we had a lot of hurdles and we were able to figure it out and came out good. Overall, I think it went great. Um I'm sad that we couldn't run the schedule how it was written on Sunday because I know a lot of people on the West Coast were not happy with the live stream because they couldn't watch it live. But we had to make it before the rain to finish the event. So yeah. we were stuck. And we went so quickly, and I thought everything on Sunday was amazing. So Yeah, yeah. Like I said, for, for what – we had, and it's just in true clutch kickers fashion, the ability that the team has to be able to adapt to situations, typically weather, but a lot of other things as well, and just still be able to get that event done. And it's a major production. I mean, they're, they're put, there's a lot of cars, right? It's not just doing, we're not just doing a top 32. It's, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts. So they do a great job getting the show on the road. Right. And, and extra kudos to them for, uh, you know, being challenged with this new venue that obviously they're not accustomed to, 
with and a partner now too. So now there's not there's more cooks in a kitchen per se. Right, right. And then them having to adapt to that mm-hmm. as well. And then it really showed that they're you know, they were able to persevere and adapt to the different conditions. And in many ways, it's sort of like it wasn't even a challenge to them. It was just something that it was just part of the and part it, of the game. And if it was, we didn't notice. Right. Right. So. Right. And I think and everybody and whenever there was a situation that would occur, like everybody would attack it mm-hmm. like quickly because everybody was fully aware of what was at stake. Time was of the essence. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, like we, there was only like maybe one or two instances where we had to wait for a significant amount of time. Like I think the Taylor Hall, mm-hmm. Nate, and then there was one other one. But for the most part, everything else kind of like ran quickly. Right. It did. Yeah, it pretty fast. It did. But uh, well, any any particular, um, I guess you could say, improvements or changes are you, that you're looking to do in regards to your judging, or maybe you're looking to scrutinize certain things more um, now that you've uh, got gotten a handle of uh, this first round. Um, for round two, I think I'm just going to try to do a better job explaining what I'm looking for for style. Um, even with the only the seven laps or whatever in qualifying, some drivers were confused why they scored so low in style. So, but other than that, um, not anything major. No, just explain it a little better in the drivers' meeting and then move on. But mm. overall, I think it was real smooth. So I don't think we need major changes. Like like you guys are just saying, the track did amazing. The track staff, mm. it there was actually a lot of things that happened where cars had to be towed off, oil had to be cleaned off. Mm-hmm. You know that happened. It, it happened a bunch of times during the competition, and they were real fast. So, mm-hmm. but as far as judging, I think I'll talk about what I'm looking for for my category a little bit more in depth, but. I don't know if people will understand it anyway, but <laughs> well, they don't ask Hopefully. any questions. They don't really ask many questions in a driver's meeting. So well, we need we need a we need to have a, a like a microphone or something at the driver's meeting because you can't. It's hard to hear. Well, well, they had like a they had a speaker like on the need like a on PA. the Sunday. Yeah, need like a PA. Well, we're in there oh, really Sunday. Yeah, oh, they did. Yeah, they had oh, like okay. a, a PA system, and they never so, heard that time around. Shout, shout out to Njuku for Sunday for bringing that speaker. <laughs> I know Pat Pat and Zach wanted nothing to do with the speaker, but I needed it so badly. <laughs> um, I struggle. People are people in that in the meeting on Saturday, I guess, were telling me to talk louder. And I'm like, I'm sorry, this is max volume. Like I, I can't get it louder. Like, this is it. <laughs> Like you might think I'm full of shit, but I'm giving it a hundred percent. Like <laughs> unless I'm trying to scream, which no one's going to understand that. So yeah. <laughs> the speaker yeah. helped me, but there you go. Yeah. I have his audio level all the way to the max too. So I, I can't go any further. Yeah, <laughs> um, sorry. I was nah, born nah. with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one other thing I wanted, I wanted to add, and I think it's, um, not something that's been mentioned is one of the changes that uh, Pat implemented is in regards to the five minute timeout, mm-hmm. whereby 
many people feel like the pressure, the, the drivers and the crew feel the pressure to kind of like get all hands on deck mm-hmm. as soon as the car like gets back to the pits or like as even as if like the car is getting back onto the pits, mm-hmm. like getting towed and they're like trying to figure out a way how to like get a wrench in there or something. Mm-hmm. But Pat was like, no, relax. Just stop what you're doing. Just wait for the car to get on jack stands. Mm-hmm. And then once that on jack stands, just it's all you go go ahead because there was some issues in previous events where people got a little carried away and obviously I thought that was a smart, I thought that was a great idea. I mean, oh, it was. It was. Yeah. Did they do that in Formula Drift? I don't know. I don't I don't compete in Formula Drift. You don't. I don't I don't know. No. Okay. No, I just thought that was interesting. I, like, I have no that, idea. That makes a lot of sense as far as safety because it's really a stupid idea to be having these guys hurry up to lift a car and hurry up to jack the car down. That's like a safety issue, number one. Gentlemen, my apologies. There is a correction. Apparently, oh. there that change was from Will. Will Parsons himself. So... Uh, my apologies, and and Will, like you I didn't guess, even speak up. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I guess you're just waiting for us to talk. All right, Will, what inspired that decision? Uh, just watching some of the sketchy five minute calls that happened last year in Clutch Kickers, and some of them five minute calls that happened in other series. It just people get so hectic trying to get their car fixed and get the wheels on it and get it off of jack stands. It's always, it gives me anxiety. Um, a lot of times they're, they'll be taking the jack stands out and someone will still be under the car trying to finish one last thing <laughs> or like get a wheel bolted on. And I'd rather them just try to do their repair in five minutes and then, not have to worry about taking the car off the jack stands in that time, in that time period, you know, so they can safely take it down where some guy isn't panicking on the the passenger side and the dude that's dropping the jack, you know, in the front of the car doesn't see him and drops the car on him or something. Hmm. Um, This is not, this is not like an F1 pit stop. So we don't need to. Right. No, that makes sense. That, that, That definitely makes sense. I just did y'all see the Kristaps thing that happened a long time ago where he drove off the jack yes. stands? Yes. So, oh wow. You didn't see like, that? I, I no. probably did, but I don't remember it. Well, he, he called five minutes. He they were able to fix the car, but they hadn't gotten the wheels bolted on all the way as the timer was running out. So he just drove his car was still on jack stands and he just tried to drive off of them. I mean, he did drive off of them, but then they still didn't let him run, which is fine. But in my head, it's like, just bolt your wheels on as the timer's running out and then take your car off the jack stands, you know, Mm -hmm, after the time expires. Like, the jack stands don't change anything for the repair to the car. It's just they're a safety feature to keep people from getting crushed. So. Well, that was a really smart idea. I, I, I give you kudos for that one because I thought that's like, what? That makes so much sense. I always thought it was so stupid when people are jacking up their cars and all just all kinds of wonky and just looks, looks, looks. I don't know how many times we had it on the live stream just watching them jack up the car and, and just have it on no jack stands and just a bunch of people underneath the car. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> well, Harbor Freight Jacks. And, and, and then Harbor Freight Jacks with Harbor Freight Jack stands. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it it gets real here. sketchy the other way, too, when they're putting the car on the stands. You know, it's like. Oh, just throw it under there, and it's just on the floor pan, you know, not <laughs> solid. 
It's sketchy. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a great idea. Yeah. That's one. Any any other uh, great ideas you have in store? Yeah, hidden in there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Gas stores. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, like gas stores, just take them off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, who needs them, right? People I mean, apparently are very concerned with the appearance of their car, so it has to have a gas store, but they also can't secure it. So it's interesting. <laughs> but well, talking about not securing things, uh, Michael Elsie with the hood. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> That was yeah. what was your reaction to that, Will? Yeah, it was it was interesting watching it. I I knew when his hood flew up, I was like, Yeah, he's gonna try to make a lap for for the gram for sure. Yeah. I just knew he was gonna try to do it, but he did. Yeah. He made a lap. Yeah, I mean, he did. He did. I mean, at that point I guess he's like, Oh, I lost, so what was funny is I have these uh, production guys in my ear. How is he doing it? This is amazing. How can he drive without being able to see? I'm like, guys, there's a gigantic hole right on the center of the hood. Like, he can see. He can see. I mean, he can't see great, but I mean, he can see. Yeah. He's like, they were flipping out. They thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. So. <laughs> well, made for a good show, actually. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he made the highlight reels. Yeah, I I knew as soon as it flipped up that he was gonna keep trying to drive. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it worked yeah. out. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. He actually did a good job. It was a good yeah. run. Yep. It wasn't it wasn't too bad, but I mean, all things considered, I mean, it's you know. Yes, exactly. I mean, good. when you have ninety percent of your visibility obstructed by yeah. by a hood, mm-hmm. I mean, you you got to make do with what you can. And hey, I mean, he made the most out of it. Yeah, he did. He so. won't let that happen again. And you want to make sure everybody knew that was a V8, so right. Yeah. Secrets the, out. Secrets out. No such thing as bad publicity, right? Yeah. Yep. That's right. So um well, let me ask you this. Um if any driver has any questions regarding judging criteria at any moment, can they reach out to you? Yeah, always. You know, just as long as they're respectful, I definitely entertain anything. So Yeah, so anybody any, any can complaints? hit me up complaints or anything what's what's your 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 instagram is at the king of spring break something right? <laughs> <laughs> at gooden.com or something that's at gmail.com or something like that that's where you send everything <laughs> that's it's real simple it's just my name so i know if you can yeah. spell my name right yeah we're not gonna tell him how to spell it. so if you can't spell it right then hey there you go that's the first challenge get his name right <laughs> uh yeah, but yeah, like uh, definitely should ask questions in the drivers' meetings too, especially if drivers have concerns with things that are happening. Um, a lot of times, concerns are brought up afterwards, and it's way too late at that point. And in a drivers' meeting, we do our best, and we don't always get to every subject. And Things are chaotic with people asking questions and trying to get the event moving along. So things get, you know, left off the list or don't get talked about. And then if drivers don't speak up until afterwards, we can't can't help them. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's that that's the time that they need to ask questions. That's for sure. I think that I think a lot of, I mean, I think the more experienced drivers, you hear them asking the questions, but I think some of the newer guys, I think they should learn from those drivers and and um, I think some people just don't want to like, I don't know, they're afraid to ask questions. Sometimes I think it is. Maybe they're worried about like, oh, is it a stupid question or mm-hmm. or something like that? But I think in many ways you're you're hurting yourself because who knows if you ask a question mm-hmm. that gives you the answer you're looking for, and then you could that answer, then you could add it to your strategy to benefit your run, mm-hmm. and then for all we know, you get into a situation that you don't even know to protest because you never bothered to ask the question, mm-hmm. and it kind of like works against you. So. Yeah, I think many people are just sort of like missing out, or 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 they're just maybe they're just not in the right mindset. For yeah. all we know, they just woke up. Well, well, not even that. It's just like as soon as like as far as Zach, you know, in in the rule book, as soon as you think you got everything ironed out, there comes another interpretation of the rules, right? right, right. That spawns a revision, right? And 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 it, it some of those questions maybe could have been handled in the hey so what you know, I see this rule in the rule book. Um what if this happens? You know how are you going to rule it? Maybe that's something they they can focus on their questions, you know, these I mean, but then you get caught in endless what if questions. So that's irritating too as well, I'm sure. Well, but, that's that's also yeah, like you touched on something that like that's the problem with sort of judging mm-hmm. is that you don't really know or you don't really know the question until you're actually there. And then you could actually then figure out like, okay, well, uh, how have we handled it before mm-hmm. or how, how is it interpreted in the rule book to mm-hmm. then help guide us on, on a decision? Yeah. And it's only until like the situation occurs where it's like, okay, well then we're going to set a precedent with this decision so that way any future decisions mm-hmm. we can uh, base this uh, event off of. Mm-hmm. But again, it's sort of when we were doing driver's meetings and we're like, okay, we're trying to go over every single thing. We're trying to mm-hmm. say like, okay, well, I'm the angle judge and this is like what exactly what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. But then something occurs that you're like, well, I didn't think about that. Right. Right. And and sort of so then you have to then figure out like, OK, well, then based on what I told them, what I convey to them, how how is it that I'm going to like bolster my argument mm-hmm. when I make my decision? Right. Because right. at any moment you're liable to get uh, your call protested on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. I'm glad you're the judge. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure Pat is glad as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, the way meetings usually go, it's really hectic. So there, I, I don't think that we've had a driver's meeting where we didn't forget to include some things that we thought about. And then also, you know, if drivers just, they think of things all the time that we forget about or just aren't focused on because we're not driving in the event. So when they point those things out to us, it, it helps us make the event run better, you know. Mm-hmm. So if they keep that concern to themselves and then we do the competition and, you know, five days later they message me and they're like, hey, this thing was happening like all weekend. And it's like, oh, well, I didn't know that that was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, why didn't you bring it up in the driver's meeting? So yeah. I think that – I don't know that people just get scared to talk in the meetings, but they mm-hmm. definitely should. 
like no question is a stupid question. So, hmm. Hmm. well, we'll see what happens. But hey, people have plenty of time to figure out um, their questions. About, they about can just half. reach out to these fine gentlemen in regards to don't don't message Pat. He's not a judge. That's right. <laughs> right. Leave Pat, leave Pat alone. Yeah. Leave, leave Pat alone. He has nothing to do with judging. So and don't even ask him about uh, the judging criteria. I mean, if anything, he'll probably tell you direct you over to the judges, which is Will Parsons, Dwayne Ramsey and Jerry below. Or he'll refer you to the clutchkickers.com website where you mm. will find the uh, rule book mm-hmm. and the judging criteria. And also, guys, don't forget, round two will be happening June 24th through June 26th. Typically, Friday is the paid practice. Saturday, now, again, schedule subject to change. Mm-hmm. Of course, as you saw uh, what happened round one, the yep. things really went uh, out of order. Yeah, set the alerts. So that way you get alerts from the clutch kickers because they, they post this stuff up on Instagram and stuff. Right, right. Um, not just the Instagram, but the Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um where, for instance, we saw like the qualifying order posted up on mm-hmm. the Facebook. So be sure to check up uh, um, on other uh, social media channels. Here you guys say so something, Will? Yeah. So one thing on that, they have the Clutch Kickers Instagram page, and they also have a 100K Drift Series Instagram page. And the 100K Series page is where they post more schedule and technical updates for the rounds as they're happening live. Yeah. Oh, okay. That helps. I, I know we're kind of winding down, um, but it was it was a topic that I, I would actually mean to talk about, and it, it was so I got to be politically correct in a certain way when I when I bring Whoa. this about, right? Um, really? So, just for instance, and this is I've heard this has happened before in sports, but what's your take on? And do you think there should be any repercussions on bribery? When it comes to, when it comes to like, like, um, even like so much like, even if some like obviously not to the judges, but I'm just saying like other drivers or even sponsors getting involved in in this like, hey, listen, throw the run, um, and trying to like, just even just in from like for me, I think it's kind of crazy. But what's your? I mean, if you guys see something like this happening is there any recourse or anything for them or how do you feel about this i don't even know how to ask the question because i can't get into specifics of it <laughs> right because it's not my place to say anything but i just hear certain things happen and i'm just like i i it blew my mind when i heard it but like what's your take on like somebody coming to an one driver or could even be sponsors coming to a driver and say hey listen throw the match for this guy or an event organizer or event organizer. i mean it could be anybody right right or the guy doing the graphics. Or the guy doing the graphics. Could be anybody. <laughs> I, I feel out of the loop on this. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I'd, like to, I, I'd like to loop you in on it, and maybe we'll off camera, because it's not my place to because I've been watching a Johnny Depp trial, and it's hearsay. Yeah. <laughs> Objection! Objection. It's hearsay. But but I'm just saying, so what's your thought? I mean, for... Well, he said have he you can't have you, but it, though. No, but I'm saying, have you heard of that before? Drivers bribing other drivers to throw a match? It's almost like boxing, right? Have you ever heard of that? I, I, I have not heard of that. I might have been like suspect occasionally, but I've definitely never heard of that or seen it. 
where okay. I knew that that's what was happening. So it would shock um, you too if you heard it. Yeah, for sure. Like I was shocked. You know, people <laughs> people try to so I'm, try to sorry. pay me at every event that I judge at. I'm just kidding. They <laughs> nobody's ever tried to pay me. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a judge thing. It was it was driver to driver, and I just was blown away. Yeah, no, mm. I've definitely never heard of that. That would be pretty wild and unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess money is money, but for me as a, a driver and a judge, I would never inter- even entertain that. I would just go, mm. if you can't beat me straight up, like, you shouldn't right. be here. Right. I mean, I, I yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a shame. But it happens, and and I've 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 heard it happens. You know, it. I, well, I'm just forget. I'm just gonna stop talking. But anyways, yeah, I was actually surprised. I've I've talked to a couple other people, and I've heard this. Actually, this is this happens, and I'm just like, that's crazy. That 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 would even happen. Like, how could you go up to anybody? Like, like with any self. Hey, buddy, give me. Like, uh, yeah, give me come this on. One. Give me thousand dollars. Yeah, here, give me this one. Yeah, or I don't what know whatever. Yeah, give, well, give me. Yeah, give me this win. It's like. How could you even? I, I don't. I wouldn't even want to take a win against somebody that broke down. Like if somebody broke down, I'd feel like, oh man, that's not really. I don't want to take somebody out like that. You know, it's like I, I just. It, I don't know. That's just crazy. I, I can see it at some of the super high stakes with sponsorships and TV mm-hmm. deals and everything that's involved. Like, hey, bro, take a fall, so this dude can get his TV deal done or whatever. But. I don't like it at all. And that's crazy. And I've never personally seen it or seen things that made me think it was for sure happening. Mainly the only, the only times I've ever seen something like that would maybe be where teammates are running each other Mm -hmm. and maybe one teammate seems to flop and then the other one moves on. Mm -hmm. Team orders. (laughs) Yeah. But I, that's like very rare, mm-hmm. you know, even, even last year watching uh, FD where you have like Chelsea and Vaughn are in very like yeah. Oh, yeah. battles yeah. where if Chelsea like wins, he's going to do real well, well in championship standings, but still Vaughn gives him nothing and beats him. So it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a, a sketchy area for sure that I hope yeah. drifting doesn't go to, you know, back in the yeah. day, I remember some event organizers were kind of pushing for more of like a wrestling style approach to drifting where you that. have <laughs> certain drivers that win, maybe they're really consistent winners. And then you'll have like a wild card that comes in and wins, but it's rigged just like, Pro wrestling, mm-hmm. like the great no diggers. Does it really matter as long as they wrestle at the end? Is like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if we get them to wrestle, I don't know. So, but but just so I'm just just so I'm clear, it, this is this wasn't it has nothing to do with um, clutch kickers uh, organization. This was something I heard that was a driver to driver thing. So this is nothing. You know what I'm saying? So that's I just want to make sure that everybody's clear about that. Heck, it might not even yeah. be this event. It could not be at me, another no, event. No, that's what I'm just saying. It driver to driver. This I mean, because we've been to many events. Right. Well, so, that's what I'm saying. This is, like I said, and and I've heard from other sources as well. This is apparently something that happens, and I was shocked to hear it. So, like I said, 
driver to driver. That's what this is about. Not, you know, yeah. organization. And people, people have so much money invested into it. I don't know why you would try to pay somebody, but I guess it's for the, just the, the clout of winning the event or something. But if you're trying to pay some dude off in top 16, are you really going to make it to the end? Cause you yeah. still got to, are you going to pay off top eight and top four? Like, I don't know how that works. But do you but. think, do you think there should be any repercussions to somebody that's caught doing that? So say like, so say like somebody comes up to you and it's, it's kind of offensive. It really is. Right. I mean, and maybe it's flattering because maybe the person you're thinking, okay, this person thinks that you, they're afraid to compete against me, or maybe it's not that. Maybe it's 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 brought to you in, in a very disrespectful manner, right? Um, but do you think that and then that person says, hey, listen, this 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 is I'm feel disrespected, and I go to the judges or I go to the event organization and say, listen, this person did this. You know, do you think there should be any repercussions to something like that? Personally, I do for sure. I think that if that scenario happens, we definitely are going to have a discussion about it because I don't want someone that just has disposable income throwing their money around trying to win the event for whatever reason. It's going to cost more than the prize money to win the event. So Mm -hmm. it just, it makes everything worse. I'd rather see just straight up battles where people throw down and do their best. Mm -hmm. So if someone is trying to change that with money, that makes, it brings the whole event down. So if you find out afterwards, like, Oh, this guy won this battle because he paid the other driver to take a flop. Like then everybody loses confidence in the event and doesn't want to watch it. Cause it's like, Oh, you can just, pay to win that event or something along those lines Mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with us as judges, but it has to do with, you know, driver to drivers, which I don't think there's many drivers that would take money to just flop. Even, even the low horsepower guys that were, you know, there was a stock 350 Z and a stock G 35 that they're just out there trying to do their best. I don't think they would take the money for that. And I don't think there's many people that would personally. So, yeah. Hmm. What do you guys think? Well, I think think there should be any repercussions. Paul. Hmm. You take it too well, long. Well, let's ben, go back, ben, back to Paul. I know, I know. Look, I for, for sure there should be repercussions, but the problem is, uh, what kind of repercussions? I just think. Well, I think what do we saying, do? I think just you eject it from that round, right? If you're trying to bribe the person you're going against, then you should automatically get the loss, and you get caught. Like, you know, if the person takes it, then then I think they should both be ejected out for that round. But that's I just me. I, I would I would ban you know, perma ban. Oh, permanent. Well, yeah, you're a little more strict. You're like permanent yeah. banned. Yeah, perma ban. Uh, I think not. I think somewhere in the middle. Like I think what you're saying is not not as harsh, and I think what Paul is saying is a bit too harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, Paul is sending a message yeah. by doing hey. the perma ban. So mm-hmm. I understand that. I mean, I because I mean honestly, the guy anybody that's doing that. I mean, I would assume you wouldn't. What other things are they doing? I mean. That's a good right. Point. Like, yeah. I mean, that's way well, out of left field, I would say. Um, so, hmm. to me. Well, well, one thing just to clarify, 
like, so I've had this experience in other series where it would need to be looked at as did the driver make this call to try to bribe the other team or was it some random dude that's on his crew that just mm, yeah you know, doesn't think his yeah. driver can win and goes over and tries to pay money which the driver's responsible for his crew but mm-hmm. in my opinion you know if the driver didn't know that his crew guy had too many coronas at the track and then goes and tries <laughs> to bribe his competitor yeah, yeah this wasn't that. um or a or yeah, an interesting okay. spot yeah. or sponsor or something. Well, but I just it, I think it has to be stomped on for sure because I just don't like the idea of that at all. Because mm-hmm. um, it makes it into pro wrestling. Like I don't I don't want that for drifting. I want people to go as hard as they can in their battles and try to do the best they can. Right, but I feel like the in regards to this topic, the same approach should be done as you guys already do for the uh, the team's crew when it comes down to approaching judges because they stated more than once throughout the event, I mean, during the driver's meeting and everything, whereby no driver should approach the judges, none of the crew members should approach the judges at any point during the, uh, the course of the competition unless it's for a protest, but even then... They can't uh, go up to the judges. They have to go through the liaison. Well, this wouldn't be going to the judges. This would be going to Zach. It'd be going right. to I Pat. I understand that. Pat. Yeah. Like, or Pat. Pat. Oh, yeah, Pat. Yeah. If, it was, Pat. if it was during the event, like, <laughs> they, would, they would bring that to Pat. Attention, <laughs> Pat. And then Pat would relay Good it luck to with us. That. Yeah. You see Pat being pretty upset about that. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have your mind? <laughs> I can already see it. Yeah. Oh man. I I don't want that for drifting for sure. I definitely do not want people using money as just a means to win. Right. You know, okay. definitely not. If you All use right. if you use money to make your car good and you have the best tires and the best setup. That's that's fine. Like I'm good with that. I want to see progression in that direction, but not just I want to pay this guy to leave the event and lose so that I can continue on. I just there's no place for that. Well, it's crazy. Indeed. And there you have it, folks. Um well oh, actually Tim, you wanna sign, it sign off? us off since um mm-hmm. Well, sign us off. Yeah, <laughs> since uh, well, you're the one that sort of like kind of changed, like like spiced up the end of the conversation. Yeah, a little yeah bit. I guess so. <laughs> we changed the mood. We're kind well, of like, we're know. kind of winding down. I was like, hey, let me throw a little wrench a little into our bomb. Work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so so, anyways, I guess to wind it down, get ready, drivers, get ready, um, get your cars ready. And we're going to come season two, or I'm sorry, the round two. We're going to be back to Freedom Factor with a tight technical layout. So it's going to be interesting seeing how the cars, uh, we're going to see closer tandems, I imagine. And hopefully we get beautiful weather. So, I mean, if I send everybody off, I would just tell the drivers, be ready, be on your A game, get your cars dialed in. And for those that those of you that um, did not uh, purchase the live stream, purchase the live stream because Clutch Kickers is what they've been able to do for drifting 
and it's expensive. I mean, they're putting a lot of money out there, and they need our support. And, and like I said, we did the live stream, and I still paid for it, right? So it's like, you know, because we want to support. So my biggest message I, I could get to everybody out there is support Clutch Kickers because what they're, their heart is so much for these drivers, and they give so much back, and, and it's going to a good cause that we want to see this series um, decades from now still going strong. So and you can't do it without the support of everybody out there. So my biggest message, I guess, to send everybody off is support clutch kickers in whatever way you can and um, support the drivers, too, because they need your help as well. All right. That's about it. Well, uh, Will, want to thank you uh, for joining us. We appreciate you and your hard work and dedication to the series and the sport. And we can't wait to catch up again for round two of the Clutch Kickers $100,000 Drift Series. Thank you, Will. And actually, uh, stick around uh, uh, as we uh, sign off over here. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, with that said, we shall see you folks uh, about two weeks from now. Yes, that's right. Two Mm -hmm. weeks from now. and uh, Oh, and I'll be at OSW tomorrow if anybody is going to OSW tomorrow. For uh, practice day, I think, what is it called? The JZX meet. The JZX meet. So I'm going to go out there with my Z. So I have one letter of the J. No. I'm going to go out there and bring bring elephant and trumpet sounds to just ruin the day. <laughs> so I'll be out there tomorrow. So if I if any guys are out there, you know, hopefully I get to see you guys. Oh, boy. Okay. All right, folks. See you in two weeks. Take care. Good night.